After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Mahalo, Evan. Today's guest is Danny Louie, founder and chairman of Authosis Ventures, a venture capital firm focusing on software investments in the U.S. and China. Danny is also the co-founder of Lenovo, the largest PC manufacturer in China, and QDI Group, which was the largest manufacturer of motherboards. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Danny Louie. Welcome to our show, Danny. Thank you, Evan and Carrie. So could you tell us a little bit more about Authosis Ventures, please? Well, it's the uh, one of the small VC funds I set up after I left Lenovo back in 1997. Because at the time, uh, 1997, uh, the investment is good. I went to the Silicon Valley, do a lot of investment, and then uh, pretty successful. In the year 2000, we raised a, a fund that uh, focused in, uh, in the IT and semiconductor investment, both in the U.S. and China. The whole industry in China at the time started to pick up. So can we go back a few steps back, a few years back, and talk about Lenovo and Legend Computers? How did you okay. start that, and where did you get the idea for it? Okay, maybe back to my uh, school days. You know, I, I'm, ra- I'm born and raised in Hong Kong and uh, did my secondary school in Hong Kong. After that, my family is pretty poor, not uh, from a working class you know, and family. And uh, I, I always, always wanted to go to universities, but... Uh, you know, don't have money and don't have the, the, the qualification at the time. But uh, one occasion is, you know, look at friends that have been uh, studying in the UK, in Britain. At the time, I say, well, maybe uh, I can uh, apply for it and have a try. I got the accepted by uh, college, and then uh, that's my journey to, uh, to England. And then uh, after a couple of years, got accepted, went to Imperial College, University of London, did my computer science uh, undergrad degree. After graduation... I joined a firm in, in London and look at it, building software applications, you know, for British Petroleum, for, for different firms. And then I look back uh, in Hong Kong and China. At the time, the, they are pretty backward, and uh, there's opportunity if I go back and start my own company. So and I worked with a couple of friends, schoolmates, and talk, share with them my idea. And a uh, couple of them willing to join me. A couple of them say it's too risky. And then how this, after working two years in London, I returned to Hong Kong back in uh, late 82 and started my own companies. I have no idea and no crew and then no VCs and no mentor. <laughs> what about money? How, how, did you no money? money at all. And uh, so, you know, when you need to start something, either you get from parents or friends and families and things like that. But uh, we, went to, we went to finance company and uh, get our first, uh, first loan. I think at the time it's something like, 5,000 U.S. and start up the company. And uh, after a couple of years, in 83, I guess, IBM launched a PC product in the U.S. in 1981. So we look at it, geez, it's a good opportunity. So we applied to IBM for the distribution distributorship. 
and very fortunate we were the first one accepted and became the IBM authorized distributor in China. So at the time, and then I started to build up uh, our offices in Beijing, in, in, in Guangzhou, you know, those big cities, and started selling PCs in China. Before um, getting accepted as a distributor from IBM, how big were you folks? And then when you were accepted and you had to build it up, how large did you get and how quick? It was pretty interesting. We are competing with uh, we are competing with big firms in the U.S. and multinational from uh, Japan, but we are one of a group that is is a young team. Uh, you know, I'm the oldest. I think at the time I was age of 26, 25, 26, and uh, but they they like it because they look at it. Geez, you know, we are more aggressive. You know, we like it, and uh, it's our passion. And uh, so uh, we 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 picked as one of them. So. At that time, how large were you folks? Were you fairly oh. small with a few employees with your friends and you grew we, large quickly? We have uh, at the time uh, around 20, 30 people. Not, not, not as big, but we are aggressive, you know. <laughs> so when did you switch over to Lenovo and how did that come about? Oh, then uh, after the distribution, uh, after we, we started the distribution IBM, we've been expanding very fast, business is good, we're expanding. And then uh, we expand to close to 100 people with uh, multi-offices in, in China in, and also in Hong Kong. And, uh, but in 1985, you know, uh, China started to uh, reduce their spending because, you know, over a few years, they spent all, most of the, or, or a lot of the foreign exchange, you know, own. Oh, the government said, hey, no, 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 no. we're not going to slow down and stop. And, uh, and uh, oh, so the business started to job. And uh, that was a tough time. A lot of people are leaving, you know, leaving the, the market, leaving the industry. Before, in the old days in China, everyone know we talk about relationship, guanxi, you know, and then it's not as well established, it's more close and uh, more have to work towards guanxi. But we didn't know, we didn't have that. I didn't have any guanxi at all, but it's more on the technology, on the service, on the knowledge we know. So that's only my job, you know. I cannot say, oh, I shut down the company and do something else. You know, it's a, the only thing I know, computer. So we've been uh, doing, uh, we hang on, and gradually, because a lot of people are leaving, uh, and then we're able to absorb more and more market share. And uh, when the market start to come back in 87, then we become one of the leading distribution company in China at the time. And then during the process, I met uh, my partner, which is the chairman of Lenovo, called Mr. Liu, Liu Chuanzi. And uh, he said, well, Danny, you know, why don't we make uh, work together? And, uh, well, I said, yeah, why not? Because uh, hook up with them. Uh, by doing that, we have a very strong backing from the Chinese Academy of Science and uh, lots of engineers. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 
percent of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get a hundred stores and a hundred million in sales in less than ten years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised fifty thousand dollars in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Danny Louie, chairman of Authosis Ventures, a venture capital firm and co-founder of China's largest PC manufacturer, Lenovo. So before we go on, you mentioned Guangxi a little bit. Could you explain to our listeners what is Guangxi? Uh, Guangxi is, uh, you know, uh, what relations you have, who do you know, you know, how close you, you work with them. And, uh, but uh, when China started to open up, I don't even speak Mandarin. I was born, raised in born Hong Kong, mostly a Cantonese, you know, and uh, we use traditional character too, you know, at the college, at uh, secondary school, and uh, it's a tough job for me. I go there, I went there, I uh, I have to write in a traditional character to communicate, and then gradually I learn Mandarin, start to communicate, you know. So uh, first thing I go is to universities because of the professors, you know, and uh, lecturers. They they are easy to communicate with because they are more on the technology side. So mostly at the time, my my uh, client will be universities and uh, research institutes, yeah, and then stay own companies. Okay, so could you also continue telling us about how your partner approached you and said this is something that we should do together? Oh, interesting. Yeah, and uh, since we are selling PCs, we are still a foreign firm operating in China. Is is it's not a local local firm, so it's more like import exporting, you know, uh, uh, to China, and uh, we sell to our client in China in uh, US dollar. So they trans they they send us money by issuing us LCs or wire transfer, and then we uh, ship them the goods, and uh, we also have to uh, service them in China. So we have tons of engineer from Hong Kong and uh, to service it. The cost is pretty high because of traveling and hotel and lodging and all that. And then uh, my partner, they built one product which is very critical to to the success. Is the Chinese card? Old days, you know, it's not as friendly as the Windows. Now you can handle multinational language and uh, languages. And uh, we we have to use a Chinese card to display display Chinese character in in China because our client they need that. It's, it's not just English. So they the built the motherboard card. card or which card? They, they they call it a Chinese language card, which is basically put it on like a display card. And then uh, we bought their card, put it on our PC, sell to a client in China. Uh, not necessarily the locals, including the World Bank projects, multinational banks. And, and they bought our PC, put in their card, and sell in RMB. So basically, it's a, both via supplier and the customer relationship. So... With Lenovo, what do you think was the most important aspect for you guys becoming the largest PC manufacturer in China? Well, it it has been evolved over years, you know, and it's quite a, quite a long time. And uh, maybe I can share with you the time I'm with the company. You know, since we've been uh, distributing the product, so we have client, we have uh, channel, we know what customer need, and uh, so. In '87, we restructured the company. Our founding team uh, maintained 40 percent of the share of the companies, and uh, the Chinese Academy of Science basically owning around 60 percent of the company. And then we grow up. Uh, we we grow from there as a distribution company, and then we start to build our dis- display card, 
and became one of the largest display card manufacturer of China. And then a motherboard, and then we set up the worldwide distribution channel. At the same time, we still have the distribution business. So, but uh, during the uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, IBM uh, changed the PC architecture. They called it to PS2 architecture, which is a little different to the old PC architecture. So they caused a lot of uh, compatibility problems, both with hardware and software. And then we say, hey, geez, you know, since then we, we, we know the client and we're building motherboard and on cards, so we start to build our own PC. So that was from the 286 onward. You know, gradually we build up the market share. At the same time, we are distributing IBM, AST. We were one of the AST uh, distributors in China. We are the largest, you know, and at the time. When they are relatively unknown in, uh, in, in the U.S., but uh, they are not number one in China. The reason is that back in the old days, the information is pretty uh, not as transparent with the Internet nowadays. And, uh, you know, as if you have a good product, serve them well, you know, and have a reasonable price, and people like it, you know, you can build a very good local brand. One another story, too. In the early days, I remember uh, when you go to China, people like, like the sharp uh, boombox, you know, the big sharp, uh, you know, machine with the tape recorder. I say, I asked them, you know, do you know Sony? No, I don't Sony. I don't know Sony. I, I know sharp. Because, you know, they are early early at uh, market entry in, in China. Of course, now they know Sony, right? There's a good story that, you know, when the old days, when you know how to do promote a product, you know, do it well, you still can have a good market share. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek work with Monster so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. We're back with Danny Louie, founder and chairman of Autosis Ventures. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so we start to build our card and our boards and uh, pretty significant and profitable. So uh, in uh, 1994, we took the company public in Hong Kong Stock Exchange. And then three years later, in 1997, we merged with uh, our counterpart, which is, you know, uh, the Chinese Academy of Science Computer Institute, you know, called the Beijing Legend Group. And basically double the market cap and uh, double the, the, the revenue in, in, in Hong Kong. So after that, uh, I left and uh, went to the Silicon Valley, started to do my uh, venture investment. That's my first uh, experience. What advice can you give other people out there that are looking to do business with China but n- have not had experience doing that yet? Oh, interesting. A lot of people look at China, geez, huge market, you know, want to jump in quick, want to quick, quick return on, on, on money, you know. It's, it's, 
in China, you really, really do develop a, a long-term uh, relationship with customer. Once you de- have that, then uh, you know, then gradually generating profit. If you jump in, I'm the cheapest. They don't know you. It's, it's difficult, and uh, also it's difficult to just grab the market because in China, why I call patience. If you have to deal with all the state-owned companies, you know, a little difference. They, they, I mean, they are not in a rush. I look at it in China. They're not in a rush to have the latest and greatest stuff. You know, normally until a price point that、uh, is acceptable, because China is still pretty、uh, average earnings, still low. You know, of course, the coastal cities you can sell Rolls Royce, Ferrari, but in the inner city, still、uh, income is pretty low. So you have to have a a price point for it to take off. For example, broadband. You know, old days. You know the、uh, card and the、uh, and the equipment are pretty expensive. Then、uh, it won't take off. But now it's very cheap. Then you know everyone at home have broadband access, ADSL and all that, and、uh, it's been ramping up very fast. So, what are your ties with your company to Hawaii? What brings you to Hawaii? Oh,、uh, my tie with Hawaii start with、uh, my current partner of、uh, startup capital venture, John Dean. And、uh, he got associated、uh, with Hawaii、uh, quite a few years back、uh, when he was at the bank. I, I guess he, yeah, he bought a property here. He's、uh, working with University of Hawaii and sponsoring different events and all that. So he, he invited me here, and、uh, I remember my first time to Hawaii is back in nineteen seventy-eight, not seventy-eight, eighty-eight, I guess, eighty-eight. And then I only know Waikiki. <laughs> and uh, so uh, I was、uh, I was first here I guess is two、uh, thousand or something、uh, or two thousand and one and get to know John John introduced me to the University of Hawaii you know the business school get maybe with different professors and、uh, and then the professor told me oh we're going to sponsor China、uh, Asia Mood Camp and we have a、uh, Uh, student from China too joining the competition, business plan competition.、Uh, are you interested in sponsoring? You know, I say, well, yeah, I'm interested. If I can help, you know, and things like that. And then a couple, I come back a couple times, you know, for different、uh, uh, Kipapa series, which is John John Dean is hosting, and、uh, different events as well. I like it here. It's a nicer、uh, city or nicer、uh, stays to 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 live. I believe. What do you think about the tech companies coming out of Hawaii? They are good. We we've been since then. We have been in, in, investing quite a few of them actually, like EasyRest, like、uh, Assisky, like、uh, Hawaii Super Ferry. You know, and uh, uh, quite they are doing well. We are very pleased with the result. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, *The Greater Good: Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders*, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. *The Greater Good* is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. *The Greater Good* will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Neptune nights, it's sunshine in your mouth. Neptune nights, 
For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. Today's guest is Danny Louie, chairman of Authosis Ventures, a venture capital firm and co-founder of China's largest PC manufacturer, Lenovo. During Danny's free time, he is also a contributor to the community. So Danny, you mentioned during our break that you are involved with various advisory boards in Hong Kong. Could you share with us a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, I, I, I see it on different terms, you know, each term will be two years in different boards and, uh, in, uh, from the government and all that, basically giving advice and uh, strategies for the, uh, for the future development of technology in, uh, in Hong Kong and all that. And, uh, and, and also in China too, I, uh, I donate some time, money to the, to the different uh, organization in uh, hosting training seminars, inviting experts to, to to give lectures in, in different occasions and uh, and have a pretty good result because now as a VC and uh, I guess I have more time is not running a company a running company like John said is a uh, is is tough but it's meaningful when you're young you know, I'm not too old but still you know <laughs> compared relatively I'm uh, I'm pretty old now if you look at all the newer CEOs and uh, I have more time to help out and uh, mentor. That's why the reason I like to invest in companies, early stage companies, because you invest in them, uh, not necessarily you will get everything back because a lot of them are very risky. They're in relatively inexperienced, you know, uh, ideas are not proven. You know, why are you doing that? It's, it's sort of also, uh, look at it, it's sort of give time and money to the startups. It's a sort of give back. Give back. You know, I don't charge them anything. A lot, I spend lots of time with a lot of startups. But why? why? Why would you do that? Why would you spend time doing things like that? Why is it important to you? Well, I think it's a sort of give, give back, you know, which uh, I think, you know, yeah, it's meaningful to, to me and uh, my family. And uh, so we've been keep doing that. And if they are successful, uh, we, are, we are happy too. We also have financial gain. And we, are, we just feel good to see people success with your help, you know, if you can contribute. So you're doing things with the university in Hawaii or the university in China? Well, more in uh, in, in China and uh, in Hong Kong rather than uh, and and some in the University of Hawaii, you know, uh, before uh, in the early uh, 2000, 2001 or two at the time. You mentioned earlier in the show that you know you didn't come from a really wealthy family. So being that you came from you know that type of class and then you built your business to be really successful in China, the largest and most successful in China, and then now you're giving back. What has that done for you and how do you feel about giving back to the community? How, how has that impacted you? Well, you know, since, we, we, since I'm from more working class family, I know I've been there. I, I know before was, you know, was, was most appreciated by them, you know. If I can just uh, give them, uh, for example, education in China, you know, 
like students in the rural uh, rural countryside, if you can uh, donate a couple of scholarships, five or ten scholarships, it won't cost us much each year. But each each time we receive a postcard uh, and they're sending up their exam results, they're doing good, you know, they make us feel really, really good that uh, we are contributing. What made you want to give back to the community, though? Well, as a person, you know, in the early days, we received a lot of help, particularly during my earlier childhood. You know, people helped me and helped me both financially and, and, and during education. So I think it's a time when, when you have the, uh, have the abilities to, to give it back. What is it like going from, you know, a working class where you, you maybe, did you ever think you would be at the level you are today? Well, no. Because uh, my belief at the time is like uh, basically you just keep working, work hard, you know, and uh, try your best and uh, be passionate and not just go for the money. Because, you know, I truly believe too, you know, if you go, go for the money, I can see a lot of uh, new graduates or young, young graduates, they always talk about, you know, which job has the best pay and uh, not, not, not which jobs they think is meaningful and, uh, and uh, they like it, you know, it's passionate about, you know. To me, I like computers. You know, early days, I studied computer you know, subjects back in the 70s. You know, I think it, it fascinates me and keep on working and learning and, and become a, my professional and career. And then I don't know. I don't know whether I can make it, you know, but just keep trying, persistent, you know. I, as I told a lot of uh, uh, my portfolio company or even my son, you know, I told him, you know, by my advice, won't necessarily make you rich. You know, I have no guarantee on that. You know, don't take it as a guarantee to success. But if you like it, keep on doing it. If it's meaningful to you, you like it, you know. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii. <laughs> 